Stormtrooper 1. In case you were just way too busy to listen to our last show, this is what you missed. All right, so let's talk about some Darth Vader controversy. Dave, we were just talking about this off air. Like, there are some great titles out there for Star Wars. Dr. Aphra is good. The ongoing Star Wars issues are good. And the Darth Vader issues are pretty good for the most part. The three ongoing series that we've had so far yeah, are and good. You have, and you have but, that new one that came out, which is TIE Fighter. Right. And there's a lot of weak issues as well. There's a lot of weak titles that I don't find good at all. And the reason why is because the characters are superficial and they lack substance, the story. Yeah. A lot of them aren't that great to begin with. And you're complaining about a piece of low art not fulfilling your needs as a female reader that suddenly you need to be validated by a 35-page Marvel comic issue. If you need to be validated by that, then your problems are far, far worse. Far worse than you even know. You have more deep-rooted issues. Yeah. I live for this stuff. <laughs> really? Because it's you, just you live for it, huh? No. Well, I live for it because I feed off the anger. <laughs> Warning from the back to tape contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue. We would be honored if you would join us. Workups on your condition indicate that all damage has been reversed. Recovery is total. I believe you have been quite fortunate. No further thanks are necessary, Commander, but you are most welcome. It is my function and pleasure as a matter of royal to help and heal human I am a Jedi, like my father before me. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome. I'm just doing the uh, the Kavorian two-step. In the water. I'm doing, I'm doing back, to tank, back to tank water aerobics. I'm getting to that age, Dave, where regular aerobics isn't just the, the thing I need to do anymore because too much impact on my knees and hips. So I'm now going to be doing back to aerobics. I think that would actually even hurt me. <laughs> You better get yourself together, Dave. You should be ashamed of yourself. I'll get my parts replaced like a droid. Put yourself in a Bacta diet. I don't don't know. Can we get this guy some low-carb Bacta water, please? (laughs) That's all I'm going to have, Bacta water. Use Bacta water with floaties. (laughs) All right, so let's get into this news today. There's a lot of things to discuss. Uh, some doom and gloom ideas, you know, the the sky is falling. And then we also have some silly uh, news that we can or I should say rumors, leaks that we can take as a grain of salt. But it'll be fun to kind of sort through it. At least there's things to talk about when news is light, Dave. You can always expect for people to start putting out rumors and speculation. Oh, that's just a must. Wow. <laughs> Number one is. um It looks like Star Wars is not having or I should say it looks like Disneyland or Disney is not having any fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Numbers have dropped across the board in terms of their overall profits for the year. And now Disneyland itself 
has seen attendance at the company's domestic parks down 3% from the last quarter, from the third quarter. And uh, that may not seem like a lot, 3%, but it is. And it is is. something to worry about. And the reason why we're even talking about this and the reason why it's connected to Star Wars is very simple. In a year where they launched one of the biggest additions in Disney history, which was Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. And yet, instead of attendance rising, it dropped. It dropped. That's a signal. Is the sky falling? No. Is it a signal that Disney has squandered Star Wars? In 2014, the world was their oyster. They had... The control over one of the most longest running, most successful franchises in history. They could have done anything with it. And you can go on to say, Dave, it it could be the movies. It could be the content. It could be the divisive nature of some of the. I'm just putting things in that people have said the social justice agendas. You can point at any and all those things and say, that's why, that's why, that's why. Yes. But there's one thing you could say with absolute certainty it's their indecisiveness and how they're controlling the star wars franchise that is what's hurting star wars for them they've taken a four billion dollar acquisition and rather than running with it and sticking to their plans of action they have been stutter stepping for the last three and a half years yes and it's very surprising too because like You got to remember, there was a lot of hype behind the fact that, oh, Disney, Disney procured Star Wars as a franchise. And then the theme, the theme park was announced. Everyone was excited about it. And honestly, we were expecting, you know, the park to be filled to capacity for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And instead, this year showing that there was like a 3% loss is huge because they're, they weren't expecting any loss. They were expecting some gain because something w- was brand new in the park. And well, that's usually how it works, especially with star Wars. Star Wars isn't a mediocre franchise that when you put together some business strategy that uses star Wars as a foundation, that it just kind of, all right, here you go, guys lackluster response that's not typically the case usually it's met with thunderous applause yes star wars star wars star wars usually brings up your sales it brings up excitement that goes back to the fact that disney has not managed to make star wars work and it comes down to one thing dave why have they not managed to make it work they don't understand star wars as a franchise i think that is very clear at this point they don't understand star wars as a franchise they thought they could handle it like marvel and possibly in retrospect they should have probably handled it like marvel but the thing is is they should probably should have handled this franchise like they handled marvel during the early stages of phase one yes where hey we had some stumbles but hey we're gonna keep pushing through we have a plan we have a strategy and we know that it's gonna work Let's keep pushing through. But instead, they did not have confidence in what they had planned. And they trashed all their ideas. And when you trash ideas in such a public way, it also sows seeds of doubt. 
Yes. And enthusiasm drops. And that's what happened. You can see it in all the Star Wars circles. Never mind the controversy of Tales of or of uh, The Last Jedi. We're not talking about that. Yes. If you go through social media, you can get a pretty good gauge of where the fan base is at. And it's just overall, hmm, it's just there. There's not a lot of excitement. Yes, you have the hardcore fans that are out there, but the excitement behind the movies, we have nothing to excite to get to get excited about. And and that the reason behind that is is there's nothing that they're doing to actually get us excited about. No, nothing, Dave. And people say may say, "Well, look at the TV shows." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm excited for that." Yeah. But but Dave, what you're going to see happening is Star Wars because it's not living up to the expectations that Disney had wanted for it. You're going to see the movies be greatly diminished. And when the Mandalorian comes out, which I have a. I am pretty confident that the Mandalorian is going to resonate with fans. It's going to do well. And then that's like a catch 22 for us Star Wars fans, though, because what's going to happen is Bob Iger and Disney is going to say, OK, that we spent one hundred and fifty million dollars on a TV show on a subscription platform. It's a it's a win win for us. There's no losing here. Why should we put another question mark out in the form of a Star Wars feature film when we could lose millions of dollars? Let's do a sure thing. And that's what Disney is always about. They're always about a sure thing. They're about when the bottom line. is the last time Disney has done anything unique, completely innovative and original? Name me one thing one thing dave and i can't there's i, I honestly there is cannot. nothing i if i had to pull something out of my ass right now i would say higher to the caribbean the very first movie was a big game changer for disney and for their branding that was the last time they took a risk yes disney doesn't take risks that's why they do sequel after sequel and remake after remake. They gambled on Star Wars thinking, hey, this is a tried and true franchise. We're going to buy it for $4 billion and we're going to turn it into a behemoth. Unfortunately, they haven't managed to truly make it work. And people may point to Blu-ray sales of Last Jedi and say, well, yes, it has worked. That's all based on the fans they have in place. Yes. If you look at reports, there are now reports surfacing that Disney, or I should say Star Wars, is failing to resonate with the young kids of the last five, six years. And mm -hmm. that's problem number two. If you can't sweep up fans at a young age, your franchise has an expiration date. You have to continually restock the pond. And if you're not connecting with the younger audiences, you're failing. Now that you know the other issue that their fate, like the future of Star Wars could be at risk here because they're not restocking the pond. Then we ask, well, why is that? And it comes down to content and soul. Yes. The soul of Star Wars and why it has managed to stay around for 40 some years is because of the soul, the content what Star Wars represented represented to the youth, not not boys, not girls, but to youth, but to youth. And I, when I say youth, I'm not just saying young children. I'm saying youth. What makes the old man feel youthful again? 
watching something fun, exciting, adventurous. And and see that's what I that's what I think is I don't uh, we started this show, we basically backed Disney and said this was supposed to be a good thing for the franchise. Because I didn't think, Dave, they would try to reinvent the wheel. Yes. And that's the problem now. Is now we're looking at back at it and saying, what are you doing now? I mean, not to be doom and gloom on Disney, I'm sorry, but when you look at like what they're doing with Star Wars and Marvel, it leaves your head scratching. Well, the- because like you're like going, you have you have a major franchise that can bring in millions of dollars, but you're taking a loss. Yeah, there's a couple issues at play, and part of it. I don't want to say Disney has done a bad job with Star Wars because they have done a lot of good work when it comes to the expanded universe side, when it comes to uh, the the ongoing comic work. It's good work, but it's not enough. Not enough. The the books, the comic books, they're read by a very small percentage of the mainstream. You're not going to keep the mainstream appeal of Star Wars alive based only on comic books and books. Yes, you managed to feed the frenzy in the 90s with the Timothy Zahn era that launched uh, the whole new era of Star Wars when we had no movies. But now that appetites for movies and more are there, that's must that must be a part of your strategy. And when you pull back on the very things that are tent poles of your franchise, like movies, and you show that you have no confidence in your strategy that does feed or bleed over into your audience. It makes way for conversations like we're having right now when solo didn't perform at the box office, like they wanted, even though it was a fantastic movie, they should have pressed on. Mm -hmm. They should have said, you know what? We have complete faith in solo as a franchise. We love what Kasdan and Ron Howard did. And we've already greenlit solo too. You know what that would have done? That would have silenced all the people that thought Solo was a failure. And it would have increased ticket sales because more people would have shown up. Like, oh, shit, there's going to be a second one. But instead, they decided to tuck tail and run and end all standalone films. Push back episode nine. That's the problem. Never mind the divisive nature of one movie. Last Jedi was the only divisive movie of the last four films. They could have easily recovered from that. They could have easily done it. But the problem was they blinked. They honestly blinked. And when they played Sabak and lost, they, they lost, they, they lost the millennium. Falcon. <laughs> they, they literally flinched. And when they flinched and just like what you said, they turned, they, they showed some fear. Then it brought in all that negativity. When from, you from smell the blood base, in the water, smell blood in the water, the trolls come out and they will eat you alive. Yeah. <laughs> And that's what happened. You know, there's a lot of things here that basically go into the equation of why Star Wars right now is floundering. It's partly Disney. It's partly the fan base. And and it's partly the appetite of the current audience. Audience. Yeah. It's everything. And But Dave, see see the three things you just mentioned? It's because you are more intelligent than Bob Iger. You know what's going on. Because instead of saying and scrutinizing what they have done, instead of saying, hey, you know what? We slipped up with a few, some of the content. 
Um, we made some, uh, we stutter stepped, we made, we, ha- we miscalculated our strategy and now we're going to fix that. Here's our slate of films, which is another problem. I'm going to get to that in a second. Remind me. Okay. Instead of actually addressing the real problem, which is the way they're running it. They make excuses like some people stayed away just because they expected that it would not be a great guest experience due to possibly Star Wars Galaxy's Edge being overly packed. Okay. And because local hotels expected a huge influx of visitors, many of them raised their prices. So he says it simply got more expensive to come and stay in Anaheim. In addition to that, we raised our prices. By 20 bucks. When you're already going to Disneyland, 20 bucks isn't going to break the bank. No. We brought our daily price up. So if you think about it, local visitation, uh, we brought the price of a one-day ticket up substantially from a year ago. He also mentioned that Galaxy's Edge opened with only one ride, with another ride set to open next year. Now, that is an issue. That, yes. Because you know why? That comes to mishandling. You opened up a theme park that you're calling a park. And it's nothing but stores. That's it. You opened up more stores is what you opened up. And now that the enthusiasm of Galaxy's Edge has subsided, people are now looking at this with a more logical, critical eye. They're like, well, you know, it's an awesome experience. But after you walk through it and appreciate the the immersion, um, it's just fucking shops, bro. (laughs) You're selling to me. So I'm out of here. So that's issue number one. They opened it with one ride. Number one. He got one thing right, but not once did he address that the reason why profits are down across the board at Disney, besides blaming Dark Phoenix, is also because of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. But instead of saying, hey, you know what? We need to do a little bit of an introspective in our next board meeting and figure out what we're doing wrong. Because it's the content. Content is key. If you were putting out content consistently and you showed that there's a future of Star Wars around the corner, people would be flocking to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. They would. But the thing is, is that while Marvel Phase 4 has 50,000 different projects, we still don't know a fucking title of our next Star Wars movie. Yeah. We have not seen a trailer to The Mandalorian that comes out in November. We have not seen a trailer for the next season of the Clone Wars. We don't even know what's happening with Star Wars because they probably don't know what's happening. If you want to create excitement, start giving us titles of movies that are going to come out and then stick to your guns. If they would have failed, if Dave, if they would have stutter stepped with Marvel, if they phase one of the MCU, like they're doing Star Wars right now, currently, they never would have gotten to phase four yeah. because they had a lot of stumbles after the first Iron Man movie. Captain America, first Avengers did not perform well. Thor did not perform well. Iron Man two did not perform well. Thor dark world did not perform well, but you know what they did? They stuck to the guns. They knew they had a bigger story. They wanted to tell. They had faith in the cast they chose and in their movies and they stuck to their guns. And because of that, we had a 22 film epic Mm -hmm. that will always be a part of cinematic history. 
Meanwhile, they have not done the same thing with Star Wars. As I have said, and I will repeat numerous times through every single show I do, because they stutter step, because they don't have conviction, and they have showed their hands, and in that hand is doubt. This is why we are where we're at. And I hate to say it, dude. This doesn't just fall onto Bob Iger. This falls onto Kathleen Kennedy. This is the does one it, time. Does it? Because she is the lead. She's our Kevin Feige. I, I'm not saying it doesn't, but I'm saying she can only do so much. She can only do so much. And that's true. But the one thing that basically, when I compare the two franchises together, the leadership right on top, Kevin Feige, sticks to his guns. I don't even think she's in charge anymore, dude. That's what it feels like with because Kathleen Kennedy. Where because where is she? Where is she? I think she's in charge by name. In order to save face. Where? I think when we got those rumors that she was fired. Do you remember when we got those rumors yeah. that she was uh, uh, going to be given the, the boot? And then she signed a contract for another what? Until 2022? 22. Something like that. A lot of people are like, oh, there, well, there you have it. She's still a part of the team and she's in charge. And I do believe that's real. She did sign that contract. But I think she took a different position in the company. Still the same title. To save face, and she's still probably calling some shots, but I have a feeling that Bob Iger took a more prominent role in the control of Star Wars. That's what I think, Because too. he's the face of everything. He wasn't the face of the beginning of Star Wars. It was Kathleen Kennedy doing press after press after press. When's the last time she's done official press? She wasn't even on stage very long when they opened up Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. You gotta remember, the, also... Not even Kathleen Kennedy. Where the freak is Filoni and Hidalgo and all this? Because at the very beginning, yeah, we had the ju- big three. They're just creators, though. They're not going to be the face of but they they were cons- But they were considered leadership, though. They were considered leadership. I think that's why Marvel has succeeded up to this point, because Fahey just refuses to not backstep and take a, a, a backseat to Iger. Because he's like going, no, I'm going to do all these press conferences. He's also gonna, proven himself too, and he's so. proven himself. Yeah, where where's the Star Wars story group? That was our that was yeah, the yeah, bread but and butter. They're a story group, Dave. They're not management. They're not calling shots. That's not how it works. That's like that's like uh, let's say we had a writer on this show, and suddenly he's going to pop in and say, "Michael, quit talking about that. You need to do it like this instead." I tell him, "No, fuck off. you have a point there." Yeah, the, the lead is is. Is Kathleen Kennedy, and yet she's nowhere to be found. It's all Bob Iger doing all these statements. Um, So I'm curious to find out what's really going on behind the scenes with that. I am too. Uh, And it stresses me out as a Star Wars fan, and I'm being a bit of a Star Wars baby, but my babiness is stemmed from facts. And I'm very heavily involved with Wall Street, and a lot of my thoughts and opinions come from financial data, financial reports. And a lot of times, if you want to know what's going on with a franchise, you look at the cash flow. You look at the stock. You look at what's happening behind the scenes from the financial side. And it paints a very clear picture of what's happening with your favorite franchise. Yeah, I don't think you're being a a Star Wars baby because we're looking at actual conclusive data. This isn't something that basically we're we're throwing out there like those people who do leaks and Dave, and these are rumors. red flags. These, these are red are flags. Honest to God, 
data red flags. You cannot deny the numbers. How the fuck, Dave, is Disney down with a $4 billion acquisition just a few short years ago <laughs> when the sky was the limit? Yeah, that's that's the thing that I basically tell people is like, come on, look at look at the data. They had all this stacked with them. They had an advantage. Everyone constantly said, I remember months ago, people were complaining that they, they should be considered like a monopoly yeah. because they have so much, they, they have such an advantage in the field. Well, if they have such an advantage, why did they take a loss? Yeah. Now, Dave, I'm not saying this is the end. I'm just saying these are red flags. These are red flags. And if they don't change course now and fix the issues they will be in a world of hurt and a lot is writing and if i was jj abrams i would be shitting in my pants right now remember because he said it himself he was so stressed doing this movie there's a lot writing on this movie writing on it because if it doesn't resonate with the fans the majority of fans then we're even in a worse place if this doesn't fulfill box office expectations star wars is dead if this movie is another solo at the box office, Star Wars as we know it is done. Yeah, I have to agree. And I think Disney might see the writing on the wall. This is why they're putting a lot of their Star Wars efforts into TV. Because if they have a film that doesn't go over well, they can say, well, you know what? We're just going to talk tail. And we're going to push. We're going to push back these Star Wars titles to to 2023, 2024, 2025, and we're going to focus on TV because we can control those budgets. We can control the conversation. It's a subscription platform, and we can tell people what is what and what is happening and what people are watching and what people aren't watching because that information is private. So they can release what they want. They can control the PR and they can spin it how they want. And if they're smart. They can they'll spin it in a way that will make Star Wars look like a like a huge success on their platform. A behemoth. But the thing that sucks about that is now we're taking a cinematic franchise and we're marginalizing it down to a TV property. And that is not what Star Wars is. Even in this day and age where where TV is fantastic, it's not a small screen property. I'm okay with getting small screen installments. I'm okay with getting small screen TV shows. That's why I was excited about Disney purchasing Star Wars because of the possibilities. More comics, more books, maybe some TV shows, more cartoons, more, 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 more. Not less, 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 less. And if episode nine doesn't resonate, that's what you're going to see. I'm not saying we'll never get Star Wars. I'm saying they're going to push the films until they can figure out what's happening. And at this point, it doesn't look like they are able to figure out what's happening. Yeah. And then what we're going to get is Star Wars as a TV property. Well, is that is that what any of us really want? I know that. That's Do you not, want that, Dave? No, I know that that's not what the fan base wants because and that's the the scary wrench in all of this is my question to the fan base is what happens if it gets reduced to a TV TV franchise? Well, what happens if it fails on the TV side? We are putting a lot of have to do's on Mandalorian and the Clone Wars now. Those have to succeed. They have to. 
they have to succeed. Yes. Everything <laughs> will be decided before the end of 2019. We it's, will know. It's this is a dire time for like that this franchise. It's a dark time. It's a dark time. The emperor is in charge of the Death Star himself. Oh my god, Bob Iger is the emperor. <laughs> oh I have killed Kathleen Kennedy. <laughs> She's merely a puppet. Now she's in my garden. What? <laughs> That's horrible. That's a horrible thought. All right, let's go to a quick break. And then when we get back, we're going to get into some Star Wars rumors and speculation. We'll be right back. Acorns, Acorns Core automatically invests your spare change and lets you invest as little as $5 anytime or on a recurring basis into a portfolio of ETFs. Your investments are then diversified across more than 7,000 stocks and bonds and automatically rebalanced when the market fluctuates. Save for the future and invest with Acorns. Once the show is on demand, click the Acorn link within the description of this broadcast and start saving. The 2019 supernatural horror western flick, The Wind. Mm-hmm. And of course, I'm here in the same saddle with Clint Felton. Hello, Clint. It's just because it's scary. We talked. Yeah. This one's yeah. a little scary, so it's not anything other than that. We just want to make sure we're okay. I just need someone to hold me for for a little while. Yeah, I guess I didn't even just, need the movie for that. Yeah. Oh, oh. I'm just. I'm frightened. Oh, now, no, that that was gross. Yeah, that <laughs> was gross. Oh, I pushed the limit. If I need some consoling, then that's okay. Darn. But if you're just, you know, trying to sit on the same saddle with me just because, Clint, then we have we're gonna have we're gonna have some issues. It's been we're five years. You think it'd be okay? No, it's not. Okay. Only when I'm scared. Okay, I've told you. Only when I'm scared. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> listen up, cowboys and cowgirls. You can now listen to Weird West Radio every Sunday, only on Rain Man Digital. The Rain Man Show. The Rain Man Show. I just happen to go down there because I look down in the locker room. When I walk, <laughs> I don't want to happen to see man penis. I want to be respectful of people's and you privacy. you should look up. But I didn't expect someone to be so close to me. I made eye contact with nothing. <laughs> I'm not joking. So, okay. I don't know if it's, he had pubes. There was no so, penis. There was no penis. It was lost in his pubes because he had pubes. So he's like that dude from Game of Thrones. I almost, I almost vomited. And I almost chuckled as well. And I'm like, because I was just, there was so many emotions just going through me at one time. Uh, Horror, excitement. (laughs) Your brain was, I was a little happy that there was someone with a smaller penis (laughs) in the world. Validation. I felt finally I can snicker at someone's small penis. Was this guy Asian? Maybe it was detachable. (laughs) For more Rain Man, visit RainManShow.com. 
Free stuff is awesome, but free stuff that will spice up your bedroom is even better. Just go to adamandeve.com and select almost any one item for 50% off, and then we'll load on the free stuff. Just enter this very exclusive code, RAINMAN, at checkout, and you'll get 10 tantalizing free gifts, including a sexy item for him, a special toy for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy. And six extra special bonus items that are sure to rev your engine, pique your curiosity, Mm. and even blow you away. Plus, free shipping. Always sent in discreet packaging. Go to adamandeve.com now. Get 50% off plus the 10 free gifts when you enter the exclusive offer code RAINMAN. Again, that's RAINMAN. Because without it, no free stuff. That's RAINMAN at adamandeve.com. All right, hello everybody, welcome back to Star Wars From the Back to Tank. If you're just now tuning in because you're listening to us live at RM Channel 001 during Geek Out Saturday or Monday through Friday, 10 to 12, you can find us on demand. Via Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, just search Star Wars from the back to tank. Okay, Dave, let's jump out of this analytical dissection of profits and paranoia, okay? Yes. Well, let's get into some Star Wars speculation. Star Wars Episode Nine leak apparently reveals who Luke will be sharing one of his return scenes with. Now, again, Dave, I think we need to take this as a grain of salt, Uh, But these are fun little leaks because I can see there could be partial truths, which is what we found to be true with a lot of these rumors. Before other movies were about to premiere, we found that, oh, okay, I can see how they got that rumor. They were partially right. Yes. So that being said, let's get into this rumor here. A Star Wars Episode Nine leak has revealed the first details about one of Luke Skywalker's scenes in Rise of Skywalker. Uh, the news comes from the Making Star Wars podcast, uh, which was handedly recapped by The Independent. One of the major pieces of potential news, according to sources close to those on the pad- podcast, is that Mark Hamill. Come on, closest to those podcasts. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I was having lunch with uh, Mark Hamill's mother yesterday, and uh, she told me. <laughs> That's what I pictured. I, I'm like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> what what oh a way God. to create enthusiasm and, and fake excitement around <laughs> your podcast. Well, I was talking to someone very close to Mark, Mark Hamill. Hamill. I don't want to say. actually Mark Hamill. No, I don't want to say, Dave, who it was because I, I, I didn't get their permission, and I don't want to lose or burn a bridge of a close friend or contributor to our podcast. You know, let me let me call her. Let me send her a text message really fast and see if I can mention her on air. Okay, hold on a second. <laughs> Fucking idiot. <laughs> Talk about self promotions. Talk about delusions of grandeur. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the sources say Carrie Russell filmed with Mark Hamill, but don't know how this fits yet. This was potentially filmed in August, according to the Star Wars Episode Nine leak. Uh, no Jedi reunion between Ray and Luke just yet, though Carrie Russell's character facing down Luke is noteworthy in 
and of itself. Not much is known about Russell's character, Zori Bliss, other than she's steamy hot. Other than, as the actress told Vanity Fair earlier this year, she has the coolest costume. So the news will be welcomed by those pouring over any morsel of news from a galaxy far, far away. Says this shit article. So a scene with Luke could suggest in some way Bliss is sensitive to the Force. Man, that's a fucking stretch. That's a stretch. Because apparently Luke only talks to people that are <laughs> Force that sensitive. Have the force. <laughs> Jesus. I don't, I don't, maybe I don't want to get into this article. Well, no, no. The idea, the idea is sound. If it is true that basically Russell and Hamill filmed the scene together. Then the takeaway is that they have some relationship. Yes. And that's the interesting part. That's the interesting part. Let's not draw conclusions like, oh, she might be force sensitive. (laughs) That's the thing is kind of like when you read these articles, especially with the leaks, it, they, they suddenly take a leap of logic out of nowhere, just out of something that basically is maybe simple. And it's understandable. Carrie Russell and Mark Hamill filmed the scene together. We have no context of what it's about. But we could just speculate. But then you start going, let's jump all the way out on a ledge and say they're uh, that Zora Bliss is actually Mara Jade. (laughs) Yeah, I am intrigued by this. I am intrigued. I am intrigued. And even though I'm not going to say it's she's secretly Mara Jade, she could be that. I don't want to say replacement, but that. Villain. A fill-in, yeah. A fill-in. I think for me, what Mara Jade did for Luke, and this may be very controversial for me to say, but it brought a more human side to the older Luke. That's what Mara Jade did in the later years when they became a relationship, in a relationship. Not, I'm not talking about the Timothy Zahn run where she was the Emperor's Hand. Yes. When she was introduced and she was cool as hell. But later on, when they turn them into an item right because you want the it, you wanted to see luke in the later stage of his life right it brought a sense of humanity back to luke that i felt was getting lost in the older run and when i say humanity i'm not saying he became evil or mean but when you don't have a continued intimate perspective or an intimate in if you don't have some form of intimacy there we go and I'm not talking just romantic, but in this case, it was between Mara Jade and and Luke. Intimacy can be used as an interesting writing device. It can yes. be used to crack open a character's development in a way that otherwise would be very difficult. It allows the audience to see a different side of this character, uh, something that isn't easily noticeable or discernible when a character is more straight through like for example obi-wan let's look at obi-wan from the original series obi-wan came off as a very rigorous tutor that's all yes that's all we knew of him in the original trilogy but imagine if they introduced him with uh, someone that he truly cared for and loved it would change the way we look at him exactly and And that's what i think i think you're right that's why mara jade and luke Later on, in when they took that relationship between the two to the next level, that's what it was supposed to be. We wanted to see Luke. We wanted his edges to be softened. softened. And believe me, after episode eight, his edges need to be softened. He was an old, cranky hermit in episode 
eight, I should say. Sorry, in episode eight. He was a broken individual. Yeah, it, which worked for the story and worked for that particular moment in, in, star, in his storyline. But it would be nice to see something a little different. Was he just angry and upset in his later years? Maybe this will be a moment where we can see more of a softer side. Yes. I'll give you an example. Look what Yoda did for his character in episode eight. Uh, it, that's that's an idea of intimacy. It's not a rom- obviously it's not a romantic intimacy, but that's, it's, a, it's a personal. It's intimacy. a very personal moment between a teacher and a student. And it did help us see another side of Luke in episode eight. And it was one of my favorite parts of that movie because it also showed us that the master never stops teaching and the student never stops learning. I'm glad you brought up that scene because if you think about it, that is one of the scenes in Last Jedi where everyone loved it because we got to see Luke as we know him. Right. That's Luke. You know, Luke being taught by Yoda, he was still being taught by him. And like when you go from suddenly that Luke to cranky Clint Eastwood Luke. (laughs) Get off my lawn. Get off my lawn Luke. There's like... A jarring thing. There's nothing to fill us in between that to make that understandable connection. Yes. And so this could be an interesting way to do that, to do that. And, you know, maybe Carrie Russell is Ray's mother and it was one crazy night. You know, they met at a bar on level 1313 and Luke and Bliss had sweet bliss. Yeah. Or... Or on top of that, it's one thing that I've been, I, I was like, I'm amazed that basically people immediately jump to the Mara Jade and the romantic aspect or just say, what if Carrie Russell, Zora Bliss was one of the lost students of Luke when, yeah. the, when the temple was yeah. destroyed by Kylo Ren? And I'm OK with that. And, and again, she could be, narratively speaking, she could still be the fill in for Mara Jade, for what that character did in the later books for Luke Skywalker's character. Yeah. So that being said, let's move on to the next bit of news. I, whatever they do, I'm, I'm sure JJ will find something good. We have faith and in great JJ. to do. With it. <laughs> That's yeah, what it do. comes down to. Yeah. He knows what he's doing. Hopefully Bob Iger has faith in JJ too. and doesn't try to trash things. Hans <laughs> Iger goes, I think you should do this. <laughs> We're going to pull the plug in all movies. Oh my God. Episode nine did not make the money we wanted on its opening preview night. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to release a press statement and say, we're done with star Wars. <laughs> what a way to promote. <laughs> Iger. All right. Next bit of speculation here. New Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, alleged plot leaks reveal Rey's real parentage and how Emperor Palpatine returns. Again, I can see some partial truths here, and then I can see some straight lunacy. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So this new rumor uh, concerning Lucasfilm and Disney's upcoming Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, comes from BoundingIntoComics.com. It reveals Ray's real parentage, according to this rumor here in episode nine and how Emperor Palpatine returns. The rumor comes from Twitter users. I fix trailers. They indicate that Ray is the daughter of Han and Leia. That part has to be wrong. Yeah, but the next part could be spot on. Not only do they reveal Ray's parentage, but they detail that the reason why Kylo Ren has so much built up hatred is because the Emperor abandoned Kylo and his training after seeing Ray's power. That could be a possibility. 
I could see that possibly finding its way into episode nine. Is it going to be that simplistic? No. But as I said at the start of this segment, many times these rumors, as crazy as they sound sometimes and or as far fetched, I should say, sometimes they have partial truth mixed with the fabricated. Yeah. And now, I do I do think that you're onto something there. Do you uh, go ahead? Conti- but, please continue. But like the the whole thing about the patronage uh, the uh, the parents of Ray. I know that's a big sticking point with the fans. I really do. I understand. However, I don't know why it is. It just, you know what? It doesn't matter. I like that second part that you bring up because it includes the, se- the the equation that we've been shown throughout all the movies. It's not just about Ray. It's about Kylo Ren. Right. And I do believe that follows Kylo Ren's storyline. Why would he actually be after Ray? He would be, he would be angered at the fact that Palpatine, who is pretty much the most powerful dark force user in the known history looks at him and says, no, you're not worthy to be my apprentice. She is that in itself is motivation is, is one of the key components to Kylo Ren's characteristic, his ego. It, it's a knock on his ego. You could, because you got to remember he, he worships his grandfather the memory of his grandfather. Well, his grandfather's teacher wants nothing to do with him because he thinks that he's weak. Yeah, that works. And it connects, connects to Ray and it brings them together because at the end of the day, the new movies, that whole relationship is what the new movies should be about. Ray and Kylo Ren. Yeah. I, but dude, I don't care about parentage. I don't. I, I never I, cared. I I don't like the fact that she's not important. That's silly. Ray's got to be important in some way, whether it be through her parentage or who she is as a person and what she represents for the force. Uh, otherwise, why are we watching her? There's got to be a reason why. There's always a reason why we're drawn to these characters in the world of Star Wars. She yeah. has to have importance and her history, background, what she represents, prophecy, fulfillment, revelation, whatever has to have importance to it. So just yes. disregarding her, just a lot of people, a lot of the last Jedi fans have, have, uh, have used as rebuttals. It doesn't matter who she is. It doesn't really matter. She can stand on her own two feet. I'm like, yeah, I, I, listen, I get that. But from a writing standpoint, you got to have a motivational reason why we are watching this character. It can't just be simply, she was a person that was thrown in the midst of combat and in this midst of combat, she becomes important. You can, you can do that, but that's not typically what star Wars does. Star Wars is steeped in mysticism. All of our key characters have to be connected to that mysticism. Otherwise, again, we sit and wonder why she's a part of the Skywalker saga. If this wasn't the Skywalker saga, then we could shrug and say, okay, this is a different story and it makes sense. But if she is the lead in the Skywalker saga, then her importance is very much important. It needs to be fleshed out. Bingo. And like, and that doesn't the, mean parentage. That just means the, she has to be there. We have to reveal why she is involved. Exactly. Reveal why she's involved. Why? Because the one word in all of Skywalker, the Skywalker storyline that from Anakin to Luke, 
to Kylo Ren and Rey, it's all about destiny. It's always been about that. But with Anakin and Luke, we understood it. Luke, Luke. Why? Because they explained they explained the importance of their destiny. The problem right now... Well, popping your peas, Dave. Oh, that's the problem right popping now. Popping my peas. The problem right now is we don't understand why <laughs> Kylo Ren and, and Rey... What's their connection? Why are they important? Why? Because they haven't explained their destiny to us. Yeah. Now, there's another rumor here, part two, that details the Emperor has been around since before The Force Awakens. I mean, that's a given. I don't think he ever left. No. It details that the Emperor took possession of Kylo Ren's mind. In order to remove the Emperor's possession, Kylo Ren will require Rey's help. After removing the Emperor's influence, Kylo and Rey will unite to bring balance to the Force once again. That is awful. For a lot of reasons. Number one, if you turn Kylo Ren's actions into something that weren't his own decisions of his own, he didn't make decisions of his own volition, then suddenly you take all accountability away from a character that has been set up as nemesis slash villain in the first movie, a bit of a, I'm at a bit of a quandary of trying to define him in last Jedi, maybe a hybrid conflicted, conflicted anti-hero slash villain. It's really hard to put him into a box, but you can't make him the, the obvious threat uh, the obvious threat, right? Of the last two movies. However you want to spin it. And whatever box you want. Whatever narrative or literary box you want to put Kylo Ren into. We're going to throw our hands up. And be like what the fuck. fuck? Yeah. So once again. Nothing matters what we've been watching. Because it's all been some weird manipulation of the mind. And he had no control over his actions. It just. It takes away everything that was impactful in the last two movies. Yeah. And the only, the only th- part of that that I really do like is I don't mind influence. I mean, that's a part of the dark side that has been established in star Wars canon for, for years, for yes. decades. So having the influence be a part of his downward spiral and the seduction of power that that's a must. That's different. That's but actual different. control where it, he's not aware of what he's doing, where he's like a puppet, yeah, no. because like the only thing that actually makes sense out of that is like Kylo Ren and Rey coming together in the very end to represent the balance of the force. Yes, I agree with that. That's part of the whole prophecy thing. And it's already been established, you know, how the force has to be in balance and everything. But I'm agreeing with you is like saying like Emperor Palpatine possesses the mind of Kylo Ren. And that's why all the things that Kylo Ren has been doing has been because it's by Palpatine himself. That is dumb influence. Sure. Because like Kylo Ren's looks at the dark side and we all know the dark side influences everyone's judgments, but not a person. Darks. The dark side has never been quote unquote, characterized as a person it's characterized as a force of almost nature force of like being it's what you're essentially saying is is like emperor palpatine is the dark side not he uses the dark side 
he is the dark side. Okay, so for example, if you look at the, let's just use what we have as a frame of reference that is actually established canon. Okay, so if we go back to the Darth Maul comic. Yes. uh, Number one, not Son of Dathmir, but the first miniseries that was released, I want to say in 2016, I want to say. It showed how Emperor Palpatine feeds the anger of Maul. He takes him to, oh shit, that planet where all the Sith Lords died. Yes. Um, uh, Malachor. He takes Darth Maul to Malachor, to the abandoned city, and he has him ingest the ashes of dead Sith. And when he does that, he consumes all of their memories, and with their memories, their pain and their suffering that the Jedi brought onto them. And that's the reason why Darth Maul became so angry and spiteful towards the Jedi. That's what fueled his hate and rage towards the Jedi, which lends itself to Emperor Palpatine's resolve of destroying the Jedi. Yes. So that type of influence, once again, Darth Maul is in control of his faculties, of his brain and his cognitive sense, I should say. But, But he was influenced through the dark side and its magic. By feeding him anger and pushing him, nudging him into dark areas. That's different. That could work. Stuff like that. that. That works. But even that, Dave, for this story is a slippery slope. Do it we is. really want to take away accountability from one of our main actors? Or I should say our main characters. That's very dangerous. And if you're not careful, could come off as very bad shoddy writing yeah and that that's the thing is kind of like i don't mind if they do this but it has to be it has to be handled very well yeah the execution comes down to it the idea and the concept work but then it comes down to the execution because just like what you said they could do this whole route where i've always felt that kylo ren can't be redeemed he can't he made his choice you know When he killed Han Solo, it was like him making that final choice, that final step into the dark side. Wonderful. And like the whole whole thing that basically Star Wars has always taught us is everyone's choices have, uh, I don't want to say repercussions or, but everyone's choices has effects. Mm -hmm. Well, it's a very spiritual thought, which is what governs a lot of Star Wars. A lot of Star Wars. And to take that accountability away from him at the very end, like, oh, it's okay. We're friends now. Yeah, let's team up. <laughs> let's team up. I like you. You like me. Ha, ha, ha. Let's, let's pound yeah. our lightsabers together and go fight. Don't. Uh, they can't do that. Let's go kill the biggest bully in the galaxy. Wee. And I don't. I don't. I, don't, I honestly, 90, 99% of me says that they're not going to do that because I know J.J. Abrams can, would never do something as trivial as that. Yeah, dude, that would be bad. It would be bad. All right, so let's move on from speculation from – oh, I can't – I'm at my end here. Let's move away from speculation and get into some more concrete news. When I say more concrete, it's just slightly concrete. <laughs> uh, Star Wars – Saga is almost certainly coming to 4K Ultra HD in 2020. God, I, I, I hope this is real. Well, you think they can afford to distribute them now? 
Do you think Disney's going to want to after <laughs> a lot of these these losses? That's the problem. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so, like, because it's not cheap to do these types of things. It isn't. It's not. So according to this article, uh, the digitalbits.com, he says that the ultra HD version of Star Wars will be coming next year. This is something uh, this site has been saying. All of us have been speculating and wondering when we would get this release. Now, apparently, it's not official yet, but they say there's further evidence that this is concrete fact of next of next year's 4K plans. Information has begun to leak from retailers, which is usually a good place to start. The retailers get all that information and data first. Yes. That's how we find out about a lot of our toys, which once we figure out what toys there are, suddenly we can start speculating on what we can potentially see in a movie or TV show. So that makes me feel a little bit better about this news here as it possibly being true. Uh, They have received some artwork that all 10 of the existing Star Wars films are going to be reissued on regular Blu-ray in September and um, the official announcement is probably going to be due any day now, possibly at D23 is what they're assuming here, which is just a, a couple weeks away. Uh, this would also indicate that Disney is taking one last bite at the Apple on regular Blu-ray with these films. And per the studio's Marvel strategy, all of the 10 films are being released with brand new matching cover artwork. And they posted actual images below. From the retailers. It'll be interesting to see if this ends up being true. They say you probably know what I'm about to say. Uh, The article says given all of the above. I bet my left arm at this point that Disney is going to release all these films in 4K Ultra HD next year. Probably early in the year. Timed to the home video release of Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. With with this same cover artwork. It would only make sense. Now here's the thing. Because if you look at these new titles here. These are legit. But they only say Blu-ray and digital code. And in this day and era, who releases just a Blu-ray? You don't. Every studio and every film comes out with a Blu-ray version and a 4K version. It would be really silly for Disney to just release all these 10 films on just Blu-ray. That doesn't even make sense. Right? It doesn't. No, it doesn't. Yeah, now there also are rumors and people already complaining about something that hasn't been officially stated. Uh, there's, I should say there's already people complaining about something that hasn't even been officially stated. Yes. A lot of people are saying and hoping that they will also get the original version of the trilogy. The original trilogy, I should say. The original version of the original trilogy. Also, there has been rumors that um, Lucasfilm may also release the rare 70 millimeter print. Of the original version of Star Wars as well, which is also slightly different than the one we've seen throughout yes. the year, last several years. Last several years. The, the one thing I want, well, there's two questions to this that I want to pose to you. At this point in the game, are you one of the fans that basically says you want the originals back? I think I've said this a few times. I... Love the original, but I I, love I'm, original. I'm okay with a special edition though. Yeah, like at I, this point, I don't, I don't think they suck. I, it's a little, it's pointless. The special edition's pointless. Yes, it's doesn't really add a lot to the story. Uh, the Empire Strikes Back stuff was pretty cool, I think. 
I think I like that the most. Now, the only thing that sticks out like a sore thumb and it's become a joke within pop culture and it probably always will be is the whole thing about solo shooting first. Yeah, that was a little silly. That's the probably the the only thing I would rip from those rip from those. But other than that, it just just it doesn't bother me. It actually helps with the cohesiveness because they add some droids that look similar to the prequel stuff exactly. in the background and it adds a little more cohesiveness to the overall saga. It's a narrative cohesiveness. Yeah. Basically say that a visual as much as I would like the originals. I'm sorry. The special editions are what we all connect canonically. And I would love to see the originals again. I would. I've had this discussion with my girlfriend who's a hardcore Star Wars fan. And she says, no, I want to watch the originals. And I go, at this point, I'm just happy to see the whole narrative play out. Like how we got with with Avengers Endgame. We got to see an entire storyline play out. I like to play out. (laughs) And then the other question I want, because I want to ask you. You have. The, the other question I have for you. Because if you want a question, I can give you one. <laughs> but are you a little perturbed that everyone's basically saying, we're going to release all this information at D23? Um, yes, because I feel like everyone is try- trying to do their own thing, that something's going to fall apart. You have, that's a whole other topic for another show. It but is. You have all these different streaming services because nobody wants to stream on the ones that are established. Nobody wants to go to everyone's. Nobody wants to release information at certain cons because we're going to have our own con. We forget San Diego Comic-Con Comic and New York Comic-Con. We have our own con called D23. And I just feel like it's stupid. It's stupid that everybody's doing their own thing so they can control overhead and profit. It, it's going to end up hurting the it's going to end up hurting the market and the consumer because now you have people who are like, well, fuck, I can't afford to go to all these. And when it starts affecting the consumer, that's when I get mad. I'm not against enterprise and capitalism and making money, but I am against the consumers being hurt. And when you start doing all of these different things, it starts hurting the pocketbooks of the consumer. Look at all these streaming services that are popping up. Yeah. That's that, that. I mean, streaming used to be the cheaper alternative. Let's cut the cord so that we don't have to have cable bills now. Now there's Hulu, Netflix, Amazon, DC Universe, Star Wars streaming service, Warner Brothers, HBO Max, and there's seven different versions of it. It's just silly. It's it's getting ridiculous. So and that's this why annoys I, me. Yes. That if we get a bunch of news at D23, I'll actually be angry. Yes. Because that's that's like, what I'm thinking. So you're telling me that you didn't, you, you, the reason why you ha- you released nothing of importance at the San Diego Comic-Con was because, oh, we're going to save it for our own con. It's stupid. And, and the thing, the fear that I have about that is like, just like, just like you, I would be really upset and that would affect the franchise because people will get turned off by the franchise. I agree. I agree. All right. Well, this concludes this week's discussion on all things Star Wars. I want to thank you, David, for piping in here and there and giving me your thoughts and telling me you want questions. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks, Dave. Thank you. May the force be with us. Ah, oh, yes. Yes. <laughs>